Hello and welcome to the Decorum Talking newspaper for the week ending Saturday 20th of September 2022. This is Rod and your other readers are Liz, Jane and Tom. The editor this week is Kevin. All are members of Team 2. Most of our news items are taken from the Hemel Hempstead, Burke Hempstead and Tring Gazette and Express newspaper. All telephone numbers are on the local code of 01442, unless stated otherwise. This week's headline is Bus Workers Set to Strike Over Pay. These and other stories follow. Here is the news. Before we start the current news items, we would like to remind you about our annual general meeting of the Decorum Talking newspaper. We will then have a brief look at some news from history and then get into this week's news. The DTN AGM is now very close. It is on the 3rd of September at 2pm. The venue is the Adifield Community Centre in Queen's Square, Adifield, HP24FW. Tea and cake will be included. This is a great opportunity for the DTN team to meet listeners and hear what you think. It is also an opportunity for listeners to meet the team that make the weekly broadcasts possible. If you can make it, we would be delighted to see you. We plan to hire a minibus to help people get to the event and to take them home after. If you would like to book a place on the minibus, please call 01442 217 918. Look forward to seeing you all there. Kind regards from Audrey Mackey and the DTN team. Hello, this is Liz. This week in history, on August 17th, 1939, the film The Wizard of Oz, starring Judy Garland, opened in New York. And on this day last year, the Duke of Sussex encouraged veterans to offer support for one another in the wake of the Taliban resurgence in Afghanistan. Hello, this is Tom. On August the 19th, 1953, England, under Captain Len Hutton, won the Ashes for the first time since the controversial Bodyline Tour of 1932-33. On this day last year, UK dairy farms were monitoring cow health with Fitbit-like collars and trialling poo power to fuel milk tankers in efforts to cut their climate impact, a report said. Hello, this is Jane. August 20th, 1956. Calder Hall in Cumbria, the the world's first large-scale atomic power station, began generating. On this day last year, a blue plaque was unveiled for historian and broadcaster Sir Kenneth Clarke. August 22nd, 1933. BBC TV televised a boxing match for the first time. On this day last year, a member of the London Fire Brigade was given a retirement present he was unlikely to forget, a visit from Harrison Ford. The main story this week, bus workers set to strike over pay. Staff at Arriva's Hemel Hempstead Depot have voted to strike after they were offered a strings-attached pay deal. Arriva put forward pay rises of between 4% and 6% to its drivers, admin staff, engineers, cleaners and shunters. But Unite says this offer is a real-terms pay cut, with the real rate of inflation currently running at 11.8%. Unite also claim that tied to the pay offer for drivers is a reduction of 16.6% in overtime rates and an end to paid time for compulsory duties outside of driving, such as travelling to a bus stop to pick up a bus mid-route. A spokesperson for Arriva Southern Counties said, 
we are deeply disappointed by this totally unjustified and damaging strike action. Unite General Secretary Sharon Graham said, Arriva must improve this pay cut dressed up as a rise. It is a particularly bad deal for drivers because it has strings attached that will actually drive down their wages even further. I have been very clear that our members' jobs, pay and conditions are Unite's top priority. We will not let employers, such as Arriva and its owner Deutsche Bahn, who can afford to pay but refuse to do so, off the hook. Unless a better offer is put forward, strikes will go ahead. Unite Regional Officer Jeff Hodge said, Strikes will cause severe disruption across the region. This will be entirely Arriva's fault for offering a pay cut disguised as a rise, while our members are struggling with the cost of living crisis. Arriva must come back with an offer our members can accept. Staff at the Luton, Aylesbury, High Wycombe, Milton Keynes, Ware and Stevenage depots will also strike. As well as in Hertfordshire, routes across Bedfordshire and Buckinghamshire will also be affected. The statement from Arriva Southern Counties said, Any strike action in this region will inevitably result in an increase in passenger fares, job losses and depot closures. It continued, We urge Unite to work with us to agree a way forward and consider the irreparable damage this action will inflict upon our employees, passengers and the local bus network. We are requesting that Arriva's pay offer which significantly exceeds awards being made in other industries, be put to the members in a ballot. A man from Hemel Hempstead has been jailed for eight months after he pleaded guilty to making a hoax bomb threat towards police officers. Mark McClellan, 40, of Wensleydale in Hemel Hempstead, appeared at St Albans Crown Court on Wednesday, August the 3rd. He had earlier pleaded guilty to a charge of bomb hoax, communicating false information. The court heard how at around 8pm on June the 2nd, McClellan approached a member of the public outside of Hemel Hempstead Police Station. He said he was going to take out two police officers. Officers were alerted and approached McClellan, who threw a rucksack towards them. He made comments that it contained a bomb and that he had concealed another nearby. McClellan was arrested and a search was carried out. No such device was located in the rucksack or in the vicinity. McClellan was remorseful for his actions and stated he was intoxicated at the time and did not, re did not remember what had taken place. Superintendent Claire Smith of the local policing command said, This was a serious incident during which a highly, highly concerning comments were made to officers during the course of their duties. Superintendent Smith added, The threats made would have caused great concern to anyone who heard them, including members of the public and both police officers and staff working at the Hemel Police Station. Threats of this kind will not be tolerated, and the seriousness of the offence has seen McLennan removed from the community and imprisoned. Hundreds of visas issued for refugees in decorum. Hundreds of visas have been issued for Ukrainians to stay with hosts in decorum. But a new survey reveals hosts across the country need support from the government to continue as costs soar. Since March, Ukrainians fleeing the Russian invasion have been able to apply for a visa to stay in the UK under the Ukraine Sponsorship Scheme. The scheme also known as Homes for Ukraine, allows individuals to host refugees for a minimum of six months. As of August the 2nd, 286 visas have been issued for refugees staying with hosts in decorum, 229 of which had arrived in the UK as of the day before. A new survey has suggested that hosts need more financial help from the government amid the cost of living crisis, which has rapidly pushed up the price of food, energy and fuel. Across the UK, 
More than 17,000 sponsors responded to the questionnaire between July the 7th and July the 14th, with more than 70% saying the crisis has impacted their ability to provide support. Among those who said they were only planning on hosting for six months or were not sure, 40% said an increase in the £350 monthly payments they receive would encourage them to provide accommodation longer term. The Local Government Association, a membership body for local authorities, said better information was needed on what options are available after the six-month initial placement period. It added that the thank you payment should be increased to reduce the burden on sponsors. Separate data shows there were 11 refugee households owed a homelessness duty in decorum as of the end of June, including three families with dependent children. The Refugee Council, a charity which advocates for those fleeing conflict, said that support and advice was needed to stop arrangements from breaking down and refugees becoming homeless. The charity's CEO, Enver Solomon, added the cost of living crisis was an additional burden to those who have already faced significant hardship. The survey shows that many hosts supported their guests beyond providing accommodation and have found the experience to be a positive one. More than 9 in 10 hosts have helped set up services for those staying with them and 58% say they have helped with sorting school and university places. Data from the Department of Education shows 359 refugee pupils had been offered school places across Hertfordshire as of July 26th. Another 37% say they would consider hosting people fleeing from foreign conflicts again. Refugees Minister Richard Harrington said the survey results were testament to the goodwill the British public has shown to the people of Ukraine. He stressed that hosts will continue to receive monthly thank you payments for up to 12 months to help with the costs of opening up their home. He added, We initially asked sponsors to host for a minimum of six months and we are working closely with councils to ensure Ukrainians have a safe place to live if they decide to move on. Recycling centres get defibrillators. Recycling centres in Berkhamsted and Hemel Hempstead have defibrillators installed. The devices, provided by Public Health England with the support of defibrillator charity London Hearts, help patients in cardiac arrest by giving a high-energy electric shock to their heart. There is no specialist training required to use defibrillators, which give audible instructions to the operator step-by-step step throughout the process but centre staff also receive enhanced first aid training to assist with their understanding and use of the equipment. The devices detect a patient's condition once the pads are attached and will not administer a shock to anyone who does not require it. Eric Buckmaster, Executive Member for Environment, Hertfordshire County Council said, the introduction of defibrillators to all centres is a wonderful initiative that will not only benefit our site users, but also the local communities who will have access to the emergency equipment in the event it is required during a centre's operational hours. Maurice Bright, Executive Member for Public Health and Community Safety, Hertfordshire County Council, said he was delighted that three recycling centres now offer the emergency first aid response, adding... It means that in addition to defibrillators provided to community groups, we now have over 60 emergency devices available across Hertfordshire. Joe Lovell, Operations Manager at London Hearts, said, It's been a pleasure to help make Hertfordshire recycling centres more heart safe, to ensure visitors and staff have all the tools they need to help potentially save a life. New e-bikes given to police. Safer neighbourhood teams across the county have been given new electric bikes after they were trialled in decorum. 
The 16 bikes, which were more eco-friendly and cost-effective compared to cars, have proved useful, with one Hertfordshire police officer covering 61 kilometres in one shift. Superintendent Ken Townsend said that the trials in decorum were a success with positive feedback from the Safer Neighbourhood team and the public. He said, Electric bikes enable our officers to cover more ground and spend more time on their beat actively patrolling and engaging with the community. The feedback from officers is that people, particularly young people, are really interested in stopping them to find out more about the bikes, which is increasing engagement, breaks down barriers and is a great starting point to talk about other issues they might want to raise. ITV's Big Brother Reboot at Bovingdon Airfield. Big Brother's return was teased during ITV2's Love Island final last week, and now sources say that next year's reboot will be filmed at Bovingdon Airfield, southwest of Hemel Hempstead. The Mirror reported that the Big Brother reboot will be launching in May next year inside a new house on a massive airfield according to a TV insider. However, ITV Studios Bovingdon said, as far as we know, we know nothing about it from an ITV point of view. The site has played host to shows like The Masked Singer and Dancing on Ice, with filming for big screen hits including Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, Fury, 1917 and Bohemian Rhapsody also taking place there. ITV confirmed a new cast of housemates will take residence in the world's most famous reality TV home for up to six weeks with cameras capturing their every move. The Big Brother house will be given its own contemporary new look ready for this re-imaging of the show. Clever tasks, nail-biting nominations and live evictions will be back, with the public once again playing a crucial role, voting throughout the series and ultimately determining the winner, who will walk away with a life-changing cash prize. According to ex-producer Paul Osborne, as well as being broadcast on ITV, too, ITVX will use Big Brother Live feed subscriptions for American viewers to boost revenue. Paul Mortimer, Director of Reality Commissioning and Acquisitions and Controller, ITV2, ITVB and CITV, said, This refreshed contemporary new series of Big Brother will contain all the familiar format points that kept viewers engaged and entertained the first time around, but with a brand new look and some additional twists that speak to today's audience. We're beyond excited to bring this iconic series to ITV2 and ITVX, where it should especially engage with our younger viewers. Presenter Rylan is Skybet's favourite to host the show, with radio and TV host Maya Jama in second place. The show first aired in the UK in 2000 on Channel 4 and moved to Channel 5. Big Brother first hit screens in the Netherlands in 1999 and since then over 500 series have aired in over 64 countries and regions. NHS pressures. How is trust performing? The NHS is under pressure in the wake of the coronavirus pandemic with health services across the country struggling to contain bloating waiting lists and facing growing demand for urgent care. NHS figures show performance has deteriorated across England during the COVID crisis. Patients are now waiting longer in A&E departments for routine cancer treatment and for ambulances. But how did these services look before the pandemic? We've taken a look at how health service performance at West Hertfordshire Teaching Hospitals Trust compares to three years ago. The review looks at four key areas. Waiting lists, accident and emergency, cancer treatment 
and ambulance response times. So how are West Hearts Trust doing? Waiting lists. A record 6.6 .6 million people were waiting for routine consultant-led hospital treatment in England in May, NHS figures show. This included 53,090 waiting for care at West Hertfordshire Teaching Hospital's NHS Trust, up from 25,822 last year and 23,563 in May 2019, before the pandemic. NHS guidance says trust should aim for 92% of patients to be seen within 18 weeks, but this target has not been met nationally since 2016. In May, just 64% of patients who started treatment had been on the waiting list for less than 18 weeks, while more than 300,000, 5% of people started treatment after waiting for at least a year. At West Hertfordshire Teaching Hospitals Trust, 58% of the patients who began treatment in May had been waiting up to 18 weeks, down from 83% before the pandemic. In February, then Health Secretary Sajid Javid set out the post-COVID elective recovery plan for the NHS. Mr Javid promised no patient will make more, wait more than two years for treatment by July but the Department for Health and Social Care admitted recently that this target has not been met. The Nuffield Health Trust said, long waits and delayed care have been stubbornly established throughout the health and care services. Sarah Scobie, De Deputy Director of Research said, staffing shortages, ongoing waves of COVID-19 demand and backlogs of postponed operations and appointments are having a ripple effect throughout the system and impacting people's care. A&E. NHS guidance states that 95% of patients attending A&E should be admitted, transferred or discharged within four hours. But NHS digital figures show this target has not been met nationally since 2013. And in May, just 59% just of patients across England were seen within four hours, down from 76% in the same month last year and 79% in 2019. At West Hertfordshire Teaching Hospitals Trust, just 32% of 7,780 A&D patients were dealt within four hours. This is down from 69% in 2019 before the pandemic. NHS membership organisation, NHS Providers, said long waits in A&E area are symptomatic of massive pressure right across the health and care system. Saffron Cordery, Interim Chief Executive said, in urgent and emergency care, a special demand continues to outstrip capacity and services are under constant strain. We need a national urgent and emergency care strategy that looks at the many pressures beyond hospitals. Cancer treatment. The pandemic also had a significant impact on cancer services across England, with COVID-related disruption leaving many patients in limbo. NHS guidance says 85% of cancer patients with an urgent GP referral should begin treatment within 62 days. Further NHS England figures show 54 out of 88 people referred for cancer treatment from their GP were treated within 62 days at West Hertfordshire Teaching Hospitals Trust, compared to 50 out of 60 in May 2019. Nationally, 61% of people received treatment within 62 days in May, down from 78% in 2019, and well below the 85% target, which has not been met since December 2015. 
Macmillan Cancer Support said the data shows the system is still under huge strain and urged the government to prioritise the 10-year cancer plan to ensure the NHS is resourced to provide quality and timely cancer care. Minish Patel, head of policy, added, It is a very turbulent time for cancer care and the wider NHS, and the current uncertainty in Westminster is deeply concerning. Cancer cannot wait for the chaos to subside. Ambulance response times. Ambulance trusts have also struggled with growing pressures as a result of the pandemic. Nationally, the average response time for major emergencies has more than doubled in the last three years, sitting at 51 minutes and 38 seconds in June, NHS England figures show. The figures show response times in the east of England have also risen significantly throughout the pandemic. In June 2019, Ambulance teams at the East of England Ambulance Service NHS Trust responded to major emergencies in 27 minutes and 16 seconds. This rose to 56 minutes and 48 seconds in the same month this year. What the government has said. The Department of Health and Social Care spokesman said it is growing the workforce with 4,300 more doctors and 10,200 more nurses recruited than last year and has commissioned NHS England to develop a long-term workforce plan. NHS staff have been working incredibly hard to bust the COVID backlogs and have treated more than 15 million patients in the last year, a spokesperson said. Our community diagnostic centres have delivered over 1.5 million additional checks since July 2021 and the number of people waiting more than two years for treatment has dropped by more than 80% since February. MAP helps to cut waste. Decorum Borough Council has launched a new zero waste map to help residents become more environmentally friendly by reducing waste and recycling more. The map aims to help you reduce waste and save money. The map shows where residents can recycle different items across the borough. It gives details about recycling centres, household waste sites and neighbourhood recycling sites. There are also TerraCycle drop-off points where people can drop off their hard-to-recycle waste. Business in decorum also appear on the map. These companies are involved in retail take-back schemes which offer solutions for items that can't be recycled from the home. People wanting to buy clothing, furniture and everything in between can now locate second-hand shops, charity shops, vintage and antique shops, and shops selling upcycled products. Shopping second-hand not only is a cheaper way to find unique items, but it also supports the circular economy and is much better for the environment than buying new. There are refill shops where customers can take their own containers for food, cleaning products and toiletries, avoiding single-use plastic. For example, people can buy dried food like pasta, oats and grains from zero-waste shops and fill up jars or food storage boxes. The map also shows where residents can get a variety of items repaired and options for hiring instead of buying. Councillor Graham Barrett portfolio holder for environmental services, said that while decorum residents already recycle over 54% over of what is thrown away in their homes, decorum borough council wants to increase this further. Councillor Barrett said, the zero waste map is a great way for residents to find sustainable shopping options, reduce waste and recycle more. He added, shopping second hand and repairing items can save people money and reduces the need to buy new, meaning resources are saved and less is thrown away. 
We hope that residents will find this a useful resource. The zero waste map can be viewed at https colon forward slash forward slash bit dot ly forward slash number three capital Q IC capital W ZN or via the Decorum Borough Council website. If residents have any other locations they would like to be added to the zero waste map, they can email recycle at decorum.gov.uk. Preschool requires improvement. A preschool in Hemel Hempstead has been rated as requiring improvement by Ofsted after it was inspected in June. This was the first inspection of Fingerprints Preschool, which operates in Adyfield Free Church Centre on Maidens Avenue, and found that while children enjoyed their time there, there were inconsistencies in the quality of teaching. Preschool and nursery manager Sarah Jo Barnes said Fingerprints was very disappointed with the grading. She said, As the report showed, it is a very positive environment where children are safe and happy, and the parents are all very happy with the progress that their children make. Ofsted only see a very brief snapshot on a single day, rather than the bigger picture over a period of time. Sarah Jo added, However, we have taken on board all of the recommendations made by Ofsted and are working with them to ensure that we quickly return to a good rating. The report stated that children arrive at the preschool happy and separate from their carers with ease. While they make friends and play together, enjoying their time at preschool, some staff do not have all the skills they need to help children make good progress in their learning. In turn, some activities are not well planned enough to ensure all children are challenged sufficiently. Ofsted has asked the provider to develop the curriculum to ensure it identifies what all children need to learn and offers appropriate challenges to help them make at least good progress. Obituaries. Bertram Bennett Bannister. Bert. Funeral at West Hart's Crematorium, 23rd of August at 3.40. For all inquiries, contact Phillips on 01727 851006 Mavis Warboys Mave Funeral service will take place at St Mary's and St Joseph's Church on the 30th of August at 10am May they rest in peace This is an article from the Talking Newspaper Federation about the DWP, Department of Work and Pensions, and the current cost of living issues. It is lengthy but hopefully helpful if in doubt there is help out there to support you and to know what you are entitled to. DWP, cost of living payments for pensioners, full list of what you get and when. Many retirees are wondering what cost of living payments they'll receive to help them through the current crisis of soaring inflation. The government announced financial aid totalling £37 billion in efforts to help Brits deal with soaring bills for gas and electricity, as well as the hikes hitting other household costs, including food, petrol, TV services and uh, internet contracts. Here we look at what people of state pension age are set to receive. 1. £300 pension cost of living payment. When? November to December. 2. £400 energy bills support scheme. When? October 2022 to March 2023. 3. £150 council tax rebate. When? By September the 30th, 2022. Four, £200 household support fund grant. When? Until September 2022. Five, £326 
the first instalment of £650 cost of living payment. When? July 14th to 31st. But some will receive it after then. The full list of qualifying means-tested benefits for this sum is Universal Credit Income-Based Job Seekers Allowance, JSA Income-Related Employment and Support Allowance, ESA Income Support Pension Credit Child Tax Credit Working Tax Credit the first instalment of £326 has been given to most people between July the 14th and 31st. The DWP says 7.2 million of the 8 million plus households who are eligible will have already received this cash in their accounts. In the case of pension credit, you must have been entitled to a payment of that benefit for any day in the period April 26, 2022 to May 25, 2022. 6. £324, which is the second instalment of the £650 cost of living payment, when? Autumn 2022. 7. £150 disability cost of living payment, when? from September 2022. You'll only get this if you get qualifying health-related benefits. So if you're a pensioner and also receive personal independence payment, PIP, or disability living allowance, DLA, for instance, then you're likely to qualify. If you get a qualifying disability benefit from the Ministry of Defence and a qualifying disability benefit from DWP, you will only get the £150 disability cost of living payment from DWP. You won't get two amounts. And eight, the £150 warm home discount, when from October 2022 to March 2023. All of the payments above amount to just under £2,000. Most people on state pension should get around £850 at least, based on the total of the £150 council tax rebate, £300 extra winter fuel payment, and £400 energy bill rebate. Depending on circumstances, you could get far more. That was a bit of a marathon, but hopefully helps to summarise the range of help that is there. It looks a bit of a maze, but you can get help and advice if you are unsure. The RNIB offer a range of help and advice, to access any of the RNIB services, call their helpline on 0303-123-9999. You can also say, Alexa, call RNIB helpline to an Alexa-enabled device. We're ready to answer your call Monday to Friday, 8am to 8pm, and Saturday, 9am to 1pm. What's on? Screening. The Greatest Showman Sing-Along at Watford Palace Theatre, August the 20th. Dress up and get that voice well-trained for a special sing-along screening of The Great Showman, the much-loved smash-hit musical. Visit watfordpalacetheatre.co.uk to book. Music. The Nick Ross Orchestra present the Glenn Miller and Rack Pack era at the Grove Theatre, Dunstable, on August the 27th. Recapture the sounds of a bygone era as the Nick Ross Orchestra presents an evening of music and song with the classic big band sound of the 1940s and 50s. Visit grovetheatre.co.uk to book. Films at the cinema this week. All popular films are provided to cinemas with an audio description track. Please mention your requirements at the time of booking. Films this week include Bullet Train, based on a Japanese novel, Maria Beetle, by Kotaro Azaka. Five assassins find themselves on a fast-moving bullet train from Tokyo to Moriaka, with only a, full st a few stops in between. They discover their missions are not unrelated to one another. The question becomes... 
Who will make it off the train alive and what awaits them at the terminal station? The second film, DC League of Super Pets. In this, Crypto, the Superdog and Superman are inseparable best friends, sharing the same superpowers and fighting crime in Metropolis side by side. When Superman and the rest of the Justice League are kidnapped, Crypto must convince a ragtag shelter pack, Ace the Hound, PB the Pot-Bellied Pig, Merton the Turtle and Chip the Squirrel to master their newfound powers and help him rescue the superheroes. Elvis. From Oscar-nominated visionary filmmaker Baz Luhrmann comes Warner Brothers Pictures drama Elvis, starring Austin Butler and Oscar winner Tom Hanks. The film explores the life and music of Elvis Presley, played by Butler, seen through the prism of his complicated relationship with his enigmatic manager, Colonel Tom Parker, played by Hanks. The story delves into the complex dynamic between Presley and Parker, spanning over 20 years, from Presley's rise to fame to his, un to his unprecedented stardom against the backdrop of the evolving cultural landscape and loss of innocence in America. Central to that journey is one of the most significant and influential people in Elvis's life, Priscilla Presley, played by Olivia Dijon. MP reopens McDonald's. McDonald's in Jarmanfield's uh, Leisure Park has officially reopened uh, with Hemel Hempstead MP Sir Mike Penning cutting the ribbon following the restaurant's redesign. The fast food restaurant is owned and operated by franchisee Alan Butchers and is one of the first McDonald's convenience of the future restaurants in the UK and Ireland. Alan and his team were joined by community partners Hertfordshire Police, Hemel Hempstead Football Club, Hemel Storm Basketball, which is sponsored by Jarman Fields, McDonald's and Bourne End Village Association. The revamp has combined a new layout with the latest technology, which is said to create a better experience for customers. Alan said, our investment in convenience of the future will deliver a quicker and more seamless experience for our customers, delivery partners and crew, and it paves the way for further innovation as we continue to respond to evolving needs. Gareth Pearson, McDonald's UK and Ireland Chief Operating Officer said, our customers rightly expect to have choice in how and where they order and collect their food. And our job is to ensure that every experience is a great one. No bonfires or barbecues, says council. Residents are urged to not use disposable barbecues during hot weather. A spokesperson for Hertfordshire County Council said, during the prolonged dry weather, we are asking residents and visitors not to use disposable barbecues in our parks, gardens and open spaces as they could start wildfires. They continued, where people do use disposable barbecues at home, we recommend that they are placed on bricks if possible, rather than on dry grass or decking, as just the heat alone can lead to dry areas com to combust. Once finished, we also advise that the coals are cooled using water or sand and left for a sufficient amount of time before disposal to alleviate any risk to the household or neighbouring properties. The council says that people who do have barbecues in their gardens should have water, sand or a hose pipe nearby in case of emergency. After a spate of fires in the county with two in decorum last week, Hertfordshire County Council has advised people to be vigilant and dispose of cigarettes safely. The council's website requests people stub out cigarettes in ashtrays and not throw them out of cars as they can easily light dry grass and cause field fires. People should also avoid stubbing them out on the dry ground 
whether in the countryside or a back garden. The council have asked people to do what they can to prevent such field fires from happening. It said, our firefighters are attending an extraordinary amount of calls to fires that have spread out of control. Hanging Basket Contest Bovington Gardeners has announced the winners of its Hanging Basket competition. In May, 46 identical baskets were given to Bovington businesses by Shantok Nurseries. The hanging flowers were funded by the Parish Council, local shopkeepers and Bovington Gardeners, formerly known as Bovington Horticultural Society. Bovington Gardeners said, this year was particularly challenging with the high temperatures requiring very frequent watering and deadheading. Tony, Carl and Josh from CNT Exotics came in first place with Julie Jones at Signature Estates coming second and Bovington Community Library in third. The prizes are to be awarded at the Bovington Gardeners Autumn Show on September the 10th in Bovington Memorial Hall. Park reopens. Local families can now enjoy Gaybridge Splash Park again after it closed on August the 1st for repairs. The Splash Park reopened on August the 10th in Gaybridge Park on Leighton Buzzard Road. Residents were unhappy with the closure when it was announced on the Splash Park's Facebook page. A spokesperson for Decorum Borough Council said, we were waiting on a replacement part which has now been delivered and installed. The council has also warned families to wear UV protective hats and clothing and sun lotion when visiting the splash park during the hot weather. The council said, We also advise you to keep out of the midday heat and to wear aqua shoes in the area. Parents are also advised not to take food or drink onto the splash park and to watch their children at all times. Half of the UK's butterfly species at risk of extinction. They are one of the highlights of our summer days, piercing the air with their deft flights of fancy. The joy butterflies bring into our gardens each year is perhaps all the greater in view of their briefest of lifetimes. But many are facing an even more profound threat than their ephemeral nature. Earlier this year, it emerged that half of Britain's remaining butterfly species are now on the red list, which highlights species at risk of extinction. Butterfly Conservation issued a stark warning that time is running out to save some of the UK's best-loved insects, as the red list of British butterflies revealed. 26% rise in the number of species threatened with extinction. Scientists from the wildlife charity put together the list which issues all the butterfly species that have bred regularly in Great Britain against the rigorous criteria of extinction risk set out by the International Union for Conservation of Nature, IUCN. Of the 62 species assessed, four are extinct in Britain, the black-veined white, large tortoise shell, large copper and mazarine blue. 24, or 41% of the remaining species, are classed as threatened, with 8 endangered and 16 vulnerable, and a further 5 as near-threatened. As the list was published, Dr Richard Fox, Head of Science for Butterfly Conservation, pointed out that even prior to the latest assessment, British butterflies were among the most threatened in Europe, and now the number of threatened species in the UK has increased by five, a rise of more than a quarter. While some species have become less threatened, and a few have even dropped off the red list, the overall increase clearly demonstrates that the deterioration of the status of British butterflies continues apace, he said. However... The list revealed that it isn't bad news for all butterfly species, 
with some improvement in status for those that have been the focus of concentrated conservation effort, offering hope for other species. The large blue, which became extinct in Great Britain in 1979 and has been the subject of an intensive, ongoing and highly successful reintroduction programme, has moved from critically endangered to near-threatened. The high brown fritillary, also formally listed as critically endangered, has moved to endangered, likely to be the result of intense conservation work from butterfly conservation alongside other organisations. The Duke of Burgundy and pearl-bordered fritillary, which have also benefited from much-targeted conservation effort, both moved from endangered to vulnerable. Where we are unable to target conservation work, we have managed, where, sorry, where we are able to target conservation work, we have managed to bring species back from the brink. But with the extinction risk increasing for more species than are decreasing, more must be done to protect our butterflies from the effects of changing land management and climate change, said Dr Fox. To conclude this article, here are butterfly conservation's tips to attract butterflies. Butterflies like warmth, so choose sunny, sheltered spots when planting nectar plants. Choose different plants to attract a wider variety of species. Place the same type of plants together in blocks. Try to provide flowers right through the butterfly season. Spring flowers are vital for butterflies coming out of hibernation and autumn flowers help butterflies build up their reserves for winter. Prolong flowering by deadheading flowers, mulching with organic compost and watering well to keep the plants healthy. Don't use insecticides or, and pesticides. They kill butterflies and many, many pollinating insects, as well as ladybirds, ground beetles and spiders. Don't buy peat compost. Peat bogs are home to many special animals and plants, including the large heath butterfly, which is declining across Europe. There are now good alternatives to peat available from garden centres. Hot or not? Debunking the heatwave myths. It just keeps getting hotter, and here in the UK, we are seldom equipped to manage proper heat. We've seen rail networks come apart, parks packed with sunburnt revellers, and housepipe bands come into forecast. You may have found yourself turning to old adages inherited from your parents, but are these tips and tricks actually effective? One, drink a hot drink to cool down. Whenever you see someone drinking a steaming cup of tea or coffee in this heat, you may be thinking, are they, are they mad? Dr. Stephanie Oy, a GP at myhealthcareclinic.com, says, during hot weather, it's essential you stay hydrated. Some people believe a hot drink can cool you down, but studies showing whether this is based on fact are mixed. It's likely a hot drink will trigger the body sweat response faster, which will bring your sweat to the surface of the skin and help you feel cooler a little quicker. Two, sleep naked. Surely the best way to get a good night's sleep in this heat is nudity in a fan. Less is more, right? Well, maybe. Ui says, when it comes to sleeping during a heat wave, we generally advise wearing something really lightweight and breathable. Natural materials like cotton or linen are generally the best for this. So breathable and lightweight clothing and bedsheets may be better than going fully nude. 3. Take a cold shower before bed. After a long day trying not to overheat, a cold shower sounds ideal before you sleep. But is it really that logical? Taking a cold shower, a cool shower before bed can bring your core temperature down, which can be a good idea. Just make sure it's not too cold, as this can make your body try to warm itself up rather than staying cool, Ui advises.
Four, wear light colours. School science lessons taught us how dark colours retain heat, while light colours reflect it. But does that apply to the clothes we wear in a heatwave? Wearing light versus dark coloured clothing is not as clear cut. Light coloured clothing helps to reflect light, but dark colours absorb more UV rays. So, from a sun protect from a sun protection point of view, darker colours are more protective. Vivid colours will also have a, a higher level of protection than pastel colours, says Uwe. Make sure you stick to lightweight, sweat-wicking fabrics such as cotton and linen. You should also stay covered up or avoid the sun if possible during the hours of 11am and 3pm when the sun is at its strongest. Five, keep windows and curtains shut. You may be desperate for a breeze in the house, but keeping the windows open may not be the best solution in a heat wave. The general advice is to keep them closed during the day when it is very hot to avoid the hotter air coming into rooms. Closed curtains also help to block out heat, says Uri. When it cools down later in the day, you can open up the windows to allow the cool air to come into the room. Looking after your garden. After the blistering heat wave and more warm weather coming our way, we could be set for an extended period of drought. With host pipe bans coming into place in more and more areas of the country, water companies are urging people to save water in the face of the hot, dry weather. The last time a drought was declared was 2018, and many of us have forgotten the havoc it can wreak on our outdoor spaces. If you want to protect your garden from drought, there are some things you can do. Number one, improve soil structure. Do this by cultivating the soil deeply and digging in large quantities of organic matter, compost, manure, garden waste and organic fertilizers, advises Martine Legasic, creative director at garden design company Stark and Greensmith. That's starkandgreensmith.com. This helps to improve soil structure and water retention in preparation for a drought. Two, put compost on your lawn. This will help keep your soil porous and better suited to retaining moisture, overall improving its drought tolerance, she explains. Elsewhere, Legasic recommends adding gravel as this helps to retain moisture. Also, when dug through the soil, it helps to avoid drainage issues. 3. Invest in a water butt. With the looming threat of a potential hosepipe ban, now is the time to invest in alternative ways to collect and store water, says Matt Jordan, gardening expert for the greenhouse people. Water butt, butts, which catch rainwater from your drains, are great for saving water for when your garden needs hydrating later. And with this month set for some rainy storms, it's the perfect time to get some water stored in preparation for drier months. He says water butts can range in cost from £30 to a few thousand pounds. But if you really want to save some cash, Jordan notes, any plastic bin can be transformed into a DIY water butt with a little creative ingenuity. 4. Avoid over-fertilising. It might be tempting to give your garden all the love you can before the drought hits, but Legasic warns against over-fertilising. Doing so encourages your garden to grow before a drought, which will result in your garden requiring water, which will be difficult during a drought, she says. 5. Get mulching. Protect your soil and your plant health by laying your mulch now, says Jordan. Mulching can help trap moisture in the soil, keeping it hydrated during dry weather, as well as supplying more nutrients where needed. It's a particularly useful trick to use for keeping bedded and potted plants healthy during harsh weather, 
and can even be used on lawns. Jordan's top tip, be sure to give your soil a good soaking before you lay your mulch and take care to avoid your mulch touching any woody stemmed plants or risk rotting. Six, do your weeding now. Weeds in your garden soak up the water in your soil, leaving less moisture for your plants to keep them hydrated. Before a drought, make sure you weed your garden to avoid this, advises Legasic. Jordan agrees, adding, it's best to avoid applying herbicides to kill off weeds, since the hot weather will likely evaporate the product and can even scorch your lawn due to the chemicals they contain. Instead, try regularly hand weeding, pulling them out as soon as you see any begin to crop up. 7. Steer clear of your grass. Legasic says, For lawn care, try not to cut your grass too short before a drought. Leaving the grass taller also helps to retain more moisture in the soil. The optimal length for your lawn? 6 inches, according to Legasic. Sport. Very light again this week. Tudor's set for Welling Test. Hemel Hempstead Town will be looking to build on their unbeaten start to the National League South season when they play host to Welling United this weekend. The Tudors followed up their opening day 1-0 win over Farnborough Town with a 1-1 draw at Hampton and Richmond on Saturday. Jordan Greenwich's second goal of the season cancelled out by Brandon Barzi early in the second half. The choosers had to thank their keeper Craig King for the hard-earned point in the sweltering heat of the Beavery, his first half penalty save being followed by a superb point-blank stop in the second half to keep the scores level. The opening goal came when Greenwich managed to shake off his marker some 30 yards out before driving into the box. He evaded several challenges before smashing the ball past the keeper. But Hampton, whose penalty miss came just before half-time, equalised on 52 when Barzi evaded the offside trap and raced clear before sliding the ball past King, whose hand on the ball wasn't enough. Hemel now go to a Welling side who have one point from their opening two games. Meanwhile, Berkhamsted began their Spartan South Midlands League campaign with a 1-0 win over Biggleswade FC. A quick start from Berkhamsted saw Adam Watkins being fouled on the right to be awarded a free kick. Ben Wallster took it and Tommy Smith arrived at the back post to head firmly past Dan Green to give Berkhamsted the lead with what proved to be the only goal in the fourth minute. The visitors came into it more after the interval. Craig Hill produced a fine double save to deny Tom Coles, then Alex Marsh of Biggleswade was played through on goal but a fantastic save by Hill kept the lead intact as he dived well at the forward's feet. Right at the end, there was a let-off for Berkhamsted as a Biggleswade corner was met by Adam Wedd, whose header looked like it was going in until the defending Watkins somehow managed to divert the header over the bar from close range. Berkhamsted were due to go to Didcot Town on Tuesday night after this week's Gazette went to press, before they have an FA Cup preliminary round tie at home to wear on Saturday. Charity football match smashes goal. An annual charity football match in Berkhamsted, started by Jack Dobby and his family, has smashed its £10,000 goal after it finished 10 years of fundraising. Jack and his family had raised around £9,100 through the matches and events for a range of different charities over the last decade. Charities like Bobby Moore Fund, the Willen Hospice, Hector's House and Rebuild Nepal have benefited from the matches. 
On Saturday, July 30th, £1,700 was raised for Brain Research UK. Before kickoff, there was a minute of applause for Jack's friend and fellow player and teammate, Nick Fox, who died in a car crash earlier this year. The match was dedicated to Nick. Organiser Jack Dobby explained it was a very close match. He said, The game was the tightest ever contested in all the ten years we've played. It finished at two all and then went straight to penalties. Jack added, It was then that the team in white kits won 3-2 on penalties. The annual matches were created by the family for Jack's uncle Steve, who had lung cancer in 2012. The final match, which was played by both men and women this year, was held on what would have been Steve's 75th birthday. Jack and his partner, Helena, will continue to raise money when they take part in the London Marathon in October this year. We are coming to the end of this week's news. Sunrise and sunset times for this weekend are sunrise at 5.51 and sunset at 20.21, giving 15 hours and 26 minutes of daylight. If you would like to give us any feedback or you have a news story or know of an event taking place soon that you think would be suitable for our listeners, please get in touch by email to secretary at dtnhemmel.org.uk or call and leave a message on telephone number 01442 927 123. For those with access to the internet, our news is uploaded to our website soon after the recording each week on Thursday evening. This can be found by visiting dtnhemmel.org.uk. If you wish to listen on Alexa, say, Alexa, open the talking newspaper, Skill. Alexa will ask you which broadcast you want to listen to. When prompted, reply, play the decorum talking newspaper. Now this part can be tricky. If Alexa offers the wrong station, just say no and then try again. If you have a Google Home, say, hey Google, talk to talking newspaper. Then, play decorum talking newspaper. For those who are listening to this week's news via a memory stick, after the music there is the amenities section that gives details of various group and contact details of organisations. Please remove your memory stick carefully from the player and return it to us in the pouch provided. Seal it up carefully, turn the label over and post it back to us using any Royal Mail post box. No stamp is required. Thank you for listening. Until next week, it's goodbye from all your readers, the editor and Mike, our technician for this week.